That is our cast of Kids City Live. I would say 90% of those you saw are volunteers here at Hope, but they're involved. And as a family with kids, a chance for you to come to something together, engage, invite families that you know. Uh, while we're talking about families, we're starting a new series, Mission Possible. Don't forget to pick up your at-home brochure at Guest Central. This is full of stuff that you can do as a family to, to have conversations around the table in the minivan. I know some of you men are driving that minivan. As you're, you're driving around, to reinforce what we're talking about on the weekend in this series, and you're going to find out this is a great series for families to talk about. Also, don't forget the Women's Summit coming up here August 25th. It's from uh, 9 o'clock in the morning to 12.30. Again, a great opportunity to invite women from outside of Hope who've never been here. You're going to have a great time. All the information is in the bulletin. And then also you'll notice as you leave today, the right-hand side as you're going out of the, uh, the atrium, Hope on the Home Front. This is a ministry we have back in our community where we go into people who are under-resourced. Their homes are falling apart. Their plumbing doesn't work. Their electrical's not up to code. Maybe their deck's falling apart. We have a group who will actually go in and we pay for remodeling upfitting these homes many times we find grandparents who are now raising their grandchildren and they just don't have the resources so it's a great ministry we offer our community here and we've just purchased a new trailer to take it to a new level now we're stocking it and stop by the table you can make an investment is five dollars up to a hundred dollars you could buy a, some equipment that can go in there and you'll also notice guys just holding a hard hat you could put a financial contribution in that hard hat and it's going to go to hope on the home front so a whole lot of cool things going on. You know, it's interesting uh, having just come off my study break. And it is a study break. I want you to know I wish I was on vacation for a month. But it's an opportunity for me to plan out and get ahead for the next year. And I'm thinking, you know, if you watch the average Christian, you would probably conclude that our lives are uh, to be spent on lofty things like uh, what should I wear, what should I eat, uh, where do I want to go, where do I want a vacation, where am I going to work, uh, where am I going to live, uh, who am I going to marry, and when am I going to get married, and what do I want my retirement to look like. All of those lofty issues that Jesus said, don't waste your time focusing on. But we have a tendency to spend our time focusing. Thankfully, just before Jesus departed planet Earth and went back to heaven, he poured his followers together and basically said, guys, before I leave, I want to tell you what you should be investing your life in. I want to tell you while I'm gone what you should be focusing on. And it's almost as if Jesus gave not only the followers then, but those of us who are followers now, like a personal mission statement. Like Jesus says, if you're going to be my follower, this is what I want you to do with your life. It's a familiar passage, Matthew 28, it begins in verse 18. Jesus says this, all authority has been given to me. And I think because of what he's getting ready to say to his followers, what he's inferring is the authority that's been given to me, now that I'm leaving, I'm passing it on to you. All authority has been given to me, therefore, I'm going to pass it on to you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And while you're at it, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, this is what has become known uh, in Bible world as the Great Commission. But understand in the Great Commission, it, although it covers three verses, there's really only one uh, command that Jesus gives us. And the command is simply this, I want you to make disciples. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're to spend your time making disciples. In other words, Jesus says, I'm leaving, you're staying. While I'm gone, until I return, Focus your life around making disciples. I'm going to pass on to you the authority to do that. Problem is they had the authority, but now unlike Jesus, they didn't have the power. Well, Jesus obviously knew that. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right before Jesus, you know, launches back into heaven, the ascension, right? He says this, oh, by the way, you will receive power. 
I've given you the authority. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We know that that takes place in Acts chapter 2. And then he says this. When that happens, when you have the authority and when you have the power, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. You're either going to take this message to the ends of the earth. But what I think we have to understand is the reason that we go to the ends of the earth isn't just to drill wells. Although we've done that throughout the continent of Africa. We've done it in CAR. We're getting ready to branch out into the Congo. But that, that, that's not why we go just to drill wells. It isn't just to build uh, medical clinics and school. And we've done that in Haiti. But that's not, that, that's not what it's all about. It's not just so that we're partnering with orphans around the world, although that's a part of it, but that's not exactly why we spend our time going around the world. Understand, the reason that Jesus gave us the authority and the reason he gave us the power to be witnesses to the ends of the earth was very, very simple. Matthew 28, 19, make disciples. I don't care what you do to get your foot in the door. Maybe it's drilling a well. Maybe it's building a school. Maybe it's building a medical clinic. Maybe it's building a hospital. Maybe it's assisting orphans. I don't care what mode you use to get your foot in the door, but make sure when you leave there, you've made disciples. And you can word it any way you want. But that's what every one of us who identify ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, that is what we're to be investing our life in. Those are our marching orders. Not just as individuals, it's what we're to be doing as a church. We're to be making disciples. Now the reality is this, every church in America, every church in the world has a unique personality. Hope has a unique personality. And because every church has a unique personality, we have a unique strategy. We're uniquely gifted as to how we actually accomplish that mission of going around and making disciples. Now here at Hope, we feel that our unique mission statement is this. Love people where they are. Just love them where they are. Don't worry about where God is going to take them. Love them where they are and then come alongside of them and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, let me promise you this. When you walk in the doors of hope, we do not care where you've been. We do not care what you've been up to. We don't care what you've done. I promise you, you are not going to shock us. We have heard it all before. If you've spent your life messing up big time, I'm telling you, you're in the right place. If you have spent your life coloring outside the lines, you need to understand you are in the right place. We are going to love you and we are going to accept you where you are. In fact, many times I actually prefer you over some of the Christian stiffs that show up here every week, right? I mean, you're more interesting. You're a lot more colorful. You actually say hi to us in the liquor store. You know what I'm saying? I'm just joking, calm down, don't send me any emails. By the way, what's the difference between a Methodist and a Baptist? A Methodist will say hi to you in the liquor store. That, that, that's the difference, but anyway, I, I'm just kidding. We're so glad you're here. We're going to accept you. We're going to love you where you are. But our goal when you come to Hope isn't for you to stay where you are. I doubt your goal is to stay where you are. You probably wouldn't be here. In fact, our goal isn't for any of us to stay where we are. Our goal it's for us to become the disciples that we can become as we begin to follow Jesus. And in this process of following Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, he transforms our life. And those of us in leadership, we believe that when that transformation takes place, there's five goals or five characteristics that are going to begin to be displayed in our lives. They're going to kind of come to the surface of our lives. And these goals, understand, are crucial because they help us measure how we're doing in this process of being transformed to the image of Jesus Christ, becoming a disciple. First of all, we're gonna to get to the place in following Jesus where we actually begin to live out what we learn. 
In other words, we study God's word, we go to small group, we, we hear messages on the weekend, or we're maybe doing our personal time in the word, and we come across a principle, a precept, a truth, and it's just saying, that's not for me, there's no way I'd ever do that. We begin to understand that this is truth that comes from God. How do I implement it into my life so that it can change my life? We begin to live what we learn. That would be the first one. Second, we begin to serve where we're gifted. We want you to understand that at the moment of salvation, when you were reconciled back to God, the Holy Spirit placed into your life a spiritual gift. You have at least one, maybe several. We want to help you discover, identify that spiritual gift, and then unleash it in the kingdom of God. How you can do that, it, it will bring that on-purpose sense, that, that, that I'm being fulfilled in who I am as a follower of Jesus Christ. We want you to give from your resources. That's the third. In other words, we want you to engage financially with what God is doing on planet Earth. Fourth, we want you to connect with others. In other words, we want you to build relationships, a sense of community within the body of Christ. And that is so important to our spiritual transformation because I counted at least 28 one another's in Scripture. You can't do, you can't fulfill if you're not connected to one another. Love one another, encourage one another, build up one another, pray for one another. At times, you have to reprove and rebuke one another. But all of the one another's you can't do if you're not connected to one another. This is key to your spiritual transformation. And then fifth... We want you to get to the point where you have the boldness, and we're going to talk about this next weekend, that you have the ability to share your story with others about what Jesus Christ has done to change your life. Now understand, that is our mission. That is the adventure that we're on. And understand, we can never lose sight of that mission because that mission that Jesus Christ has called us to, it is the most lofty, most noble mission in the world. And I hope this weekend, I hope you don't just see it, I hope it seizes you. I hope somehow this weekend, as we revisit this topic, somehow the light maybe for the first time goes on. I hope that every one of us can walk out of all of our campuses this weekend thinking this. Oh, I never realized it before, but I'm not just a member of a church. I don't just go to church. I am part of something that is big and lofty and weighty and noble. I am a part of something that has eternal ramifications. Now this weekend, we're going to begin, as Jesus said, in Jerusalem. We're going to begin by talking about how do we address reaching our Jerusalem and to do that I want to specifically talk about why why we do what we do on the weekends and how it helps us in accomplishing our mission of making disciples by the way let me just give you a statement here just so you know Hope Community Church is not for everyone and 19 years ago when I moved here from California to start the church I never started a church thinking that it would be a church that would reach everyone no church can reach everyone we have different personalities, we have different interests, different wants, different ways of growing, different ways of being challenged, and thankfully, we have within the body of Christ different churches with different ways of doing different things. So Hope Community Church is not for everyone, but if you discover this weekend that we're not the right church for you, and I mean this as sincerely as possible, let us know what you're looking for, and we know enough good churches and great pastors in the area, we can probably help you find what you're looking for. Because we believe that once you connect with a local group of believers where you feel comfortable, where you would, you would bring your guests, bring your friends, you want to be involved, that's when you're going to make the most impact for the kingdom. But we hope that, you, for example, if you're looking for a church that just does this verse by verse, like you're looking for a pastor, nothing wrong with this. I used to do this. If you're looking for a church where a pastor takes a verse and for the next three months he talks about that one verse and he parses every, you know, every verb in the Greek and back and forth and you kind of, that wouldn't be hope. I'm not smart enough to do that anymore. 
I'm on medication now. I can't remember that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? But there are great churches that do that. If you're looking for a church where everybody has their hands up and everybody's jumping up and down in worship and a few people are taking laps and we let the snakes out every once in a while, hope may not be the right place. We want to engage in worship and we want you to have the freedom to worship. But you know what? We, we, we want to make sure our guests feel comfortable also. So that may be something that plays into it. But if you're looking for a church that's committed not only to teaching, but living out the Word of God. If you're looking for a church that's committed to impacting the world with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ so that we can make disciples, well, you may have found, you may have found the church that you're looking for. But I want to talk about why we do what we do. And uh, this is, if you're visiting, this is going to be a great weekend for you because uh, you're going to get an idea of what Hope Community Church is all about. It's going to be a reminder for all of us. And uh, to do that, we're right, you know, we're at the end of the Olympics. I'm a little bit depressed. I love the Olympics. I mean, I try to watch everything. Did you know speed walking was on yesterday morning at 4 o'clock? I mean, did you see that? The marathon was on early this morning. You know, I love the Olympics, so I'm going to try to use that analogy. But a lot of this, if you've been around, you've heard all of this, and you're going to roll your eyes thinking, I've heard this before. But understand, vision leaks. I mean, we used to have this air mattress. When guests would come over, we would blow it up and sleep on the living room floor, and it would be as firm as it could be. But by morning, we'd be on the carpet. You ever had an air mattress like that? It would leak. Vision does the same thing. I can talk about our vision, our strategy. I can talk about why we do what we do. We'll walk out of here, man. We are ready to take on the triangle and change the world. In two weeks, we forgot all about it. So occasionally, we have to come back together and be recharged and refilled and reminded this is why we do what we do. And let's talk about our strategy uh, as it relates to our weekends of reaching our Jerusalem. And let me just say this, getting into it. Some of you are seekers. I don't like that term necessarily, but it describes you. You're looking. You're investigating. You're kicking the tires of Christianity. And I would say to use the Olympic analogy, you're not even in the the stadium. You're kind of outside the stadium. You're not in the family of God yet. In fact, at all three of our campuses, every week they're filled with people who've never established a personal connection with God through what Jesus Christ did for in his death, burial, and resurrection. But let me say this. Even though you're just kicking the tires and checking us out, we love having you here. Absolutely love having you here. And we hope that you sense that this is a safe place, a safe environment where you can listen and you can learn. You have the opportunity to make the choice. Is this something I'm going to buy into or I'm not going to buy into? I hope you'll sense that without any pressure. But understand, because you're here, it puts us in a unique position. Many churches just have basically Christians show up. It's a pretty easy crowd to address when it's just believers. But we have those of you who aren't believers and some of you who have been believers in year. So this creates a little bit of a, a, a tension for us. We have, we have to be able week in and week out to figure out how do we present the truth of God's word in a relevant and effective way for those who have been Christians for years, but for those who aren't even in the family yet, right? But to do that, we've had, we've had to work really, really hard. And I, I think, and I use this analogy a lot, I, and I think it's kind of like having a dinner party. You know, Laura and I are going to have a dinner party tonight. We'll have a few couples over, and uh, we'll go home this afternoon. And uh, now that they've accepted it, you know, we've invited them. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're inviting people to church, right? We invite them, and we set the date. And so this afternoon, we'll go home, and we'll clean the house. Not that it's not, that, that, not, that it's not normally clean, but we'll clean it a little more than usual. I mean, got guests come over, right? 
And a few minutes before they get there, we'll light some candles and, and uh, I'll put on some music, you know, some mood music, some soft jazz. Because everybody loves that when they come over, you know. And uh, then Laura's like, you know what, we're going to have Mexican food. Laura loves to have a thematic evening, a big deal. You know, we're going to have Mexican, so I'll probably wear, you know, like a sombrero. And uh, I don't know. But, uh, and uh, so we'll do that. And, and the, the, we, while we were on our study break, she says, I want to have a black and white party. And I'm like, that is so cool. I have no idea what that is. I think it has something to do with racial reconciliation. So I'm cool with that. I'm so cool with that, right? Sometimes we'll bring in some barnyard animals and say, let's just have a Fuquay theme. You know, let's just do something. Let's just do something like that. Now, we, I mean, when the guests come over, we pull out the stops. We're going to have a good time. Now, I'm going to let you in on a secret. When it's just me and Laura, we don't do that. We come home from work. We're tired. We might eat off of paper plates. Laura might reach in the freezer and give me a thing of Tupperware and say, it's mystery night. Nuke it. Good luck, you know. And, and we'll take it and we'll eat it right out of the Tupperware. And, and me, we, we watch TV and Laura may belch every once in a while. But I'll say, honey, honey, don't forget the guests are coming over. You can't do that tonight, right? So I give her a little bit of pep talk. Why do we do that? Why do we act differently? We want our guests to feel comfortable. We want them to feel like they're welcome. We want them to feel like they're special. Now, here's the question. Are we compromising when we do that as a couple? Are we watering down the food? Are we selling out? Are we going soft when our guests come over? Mm -mm. We're being strategic. We're being smart. Hopefully, we're being a good host and hostess. Now, understand, this is what Jesus said in John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. Every weekend at Hope Community Church, at all of our campuses, we have the opportunity to serve up the bread of life. But we don't choose to focus on just those who are already Christian, those who are already in the family, those who are already in the stadium. We make sure that as we're planning the weekend, we're aware that we're going to have guests from outside the family, outside the stadium. And it's so cool. I met some after the first service, and there was a man from Indiana. He said, I don't go to church. But I walked out of here today thinking, I know why you do what you do. And if I was going to go to church, this would be the church I would attend. And I said, well, you just need to move down here. And he said, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about moving down here, right? He, he, because he made, we made sure he was included. We have to think about who's, people whose lives are falling apart. We have to think about the couple who walks in whose marriage is hanging by a thread. We have to think about that single adult who's lonely. That college student who is dealing with depression and isolation. That individual who is battling maybe some kind of addiction. We have to think of all those people as our guests. And because we know we're going to have guests and we are expecting them, understand in the weeks leading up to the weekend services, we work like crazy to prepare the meal. We do everything that we can to remove any hindrances to these individuals, but understand we do it without compromising our principles, without compromising our core values, our, our, our beliefs and what we hang on to. For example, if you walk in here with children, you don't know us from a lizard, but you're going to entrust your children to us? for an hour. So we make sure that everybody at Hope Community Church that comes anywhere near children, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, we make sure they've had a thorough background check. We make sure they've been trained. We, we make sure they know the guidelines about you're never alone with a child, with a student. We go through all of these things because we want you to be able to sit in here without worrying about what's going on out there. So we kind of have an open door policy there. We make sure because, you know, it can be a little intimidating pulling into a place like Hope if you've never been to a church this size. We make sure that our parking lot workers are there. We make sure that our greeters, you know, ought to see the eyes of the visitors when they walk in this place sometime. You know, we make sure the greeters are there to take you by the hand and say, well, let me just show you what's going on around here. Let me explain. I'll even sit with you if you want me to. But we want you to feel comfortable. 
You may wonder, why don't you pass the offering plate? Well, 19 years ago when I started the church, I knew the number one reason people didn't go to church was they thought we only wanted to get their money. And there was this incredible tension and, and guilt when that plate came by, and they didn't want to give, but yet they felt obligated to give. So we just decided we're not going to put them in that position. We're going to teach you God's word. We're going to train you how to bring God into your finances. And then we're going to put offering boxes in the lobby. You can find them. You'll take care of it. And that way our guests don't feel obligated. They don't feel guilty for not giving. We do all this because if you're our guest, we hope you will come back. But I also want you to know something if you're our guest. Without apology, this is not a bait and switch. Without apology, when it's all said and done at the end of the day, our desire is to see you become a follower of Jesus Christ. That's our desire. We want you to come on into the stadium. Our desire is that you hear enough, you weigh the evidence, you think through who Jesus Christ is, and you get to the place where you're willing to trust him with your life. Accept what he has to offer you in salvation, that your sins can be forgiven, that he can reconcile and connect you back to God so you can live the life that God originally designed for you to live. Now, if you're not there yet, that's okay. <laughs> we love the fact that you're here. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. We, we're hoping you come into the stadium. I mean, it's a great thing in the stadium. And we're hoping that you'll experience. We, we, we hope you'll be a follower of Jesus Christ. But you're still outside. That's cool. Some of you are inside. Many of you are inside. The majority of you are inside. You know, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. But the reality is, is even though you're in the stadium, you're just a spectator. And what I mean by that is, is uh, you're not that committed to attending regularly. I mean, if you get up on a Sunday morning and it's rainy and nobody gave you a free beach house or their cabin in the mountains, you might just go to church because you don't have anything else to do. So you'll show up, but you're not, you're not gonna get involved, you're not gonna serve, you're not gonna give, you're, you're just here to be a spectator, right? For those of you who are spectators, let me just say, we want you to become a fan. Now what's the difference between a spectator and a fan? It's a fine line, but it hit me this week when I was watching the Olympics. Watch this clip. You can laugh. That's funny. And I hope those aren't your daughters. I thought this is Saturday Night Live, but no, this, this is actually a real thing. Now, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I watched that. It's the Olympics. I can't stop watching it. It's like the stupidest thing I have ever seen in my life. It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. I'm not saying they're not talented, but it's just stupid, you know? Now, so from that sense, I'm a spectator. I told Laura, I said, honey, if I'm ever watching that and I become a fan... We don't own a gun, but you get one. And you take me out because my time is done, right? But if there's a real Olympic sport on, by the way, I'm going to clear this up once and for all. I define a real sport as something that does not require a judge. 
Because anytime judges are involved, they screw it up. If you watch gymnastics, you're not really sure who won anything, right? So a real sport is, doesn't require a judge. Somebody even crossed the line first. Somebody scored the most. Somebody knocked somebody out, and there's only one person left standing. That's a real sport. But if it requires a judge, I, like I said, I'll clear this up for you. That is what I call an exhibition. Remnant gymnastics, that would be an exhibition. Trampoline, whoever thought that would make it into the Olympics, that's an exhibition. Equestrian events, by the way, why don't the horses get the medals? Have you ever thought about that? They do all the work, but that, that would be an exhibition. Ice skating, that would be an exhibition. Now, now, Mike Osborne, who was our chief operating officer, he said, hey, Mike, I was having this conversation with him. He said, when I was at Clemson, I was a diver. I was on the dive team. We had judges. Does that mean it was an exhibition? I said, no, mm -mm. you wore a Speedo. That meant it was a pageant. That was a pageant. <laughs> Fine line again, right? So I'm not really into exhibitions. I'm not really into pageants. But I'm telling you, if I'm watching the Olympics and a real sport comes on, swimming, basketball, volleyball, archery, soccer, even speed walking, I'm go USA. I'm all in. I mean, if Laura's watching it with me, she'll stomp and spit and maybe cuss a little bit and get USA going USA. What's the difference? All of a sudden, I don't care what happens when those girls are underwater, but I care what happens when I'm watching a soccer game. All of a sudden, I'm a fan. That's the difference between a spectator and a fan. Now, some of you, you've made the transition. You're no longer just a spectator. You've become a fan. I mean, you wear your reach the triangle, change the world bracelet. You, reach your, you, you wear your Tuesday 925 bracelet where I challenge the congregation. Every Tuesday at 925, let's stop and let's pray for God just to pour out his blessing and his power on our church. you got to be the change bumper sticker on the back of your car. You love Hope Community of Church. And understand, we appreciate your enthusiasm. We appreciate the fact that you're a fan. But being a fan isn't going to help us reach the triangle and change the world. What we want to challenge you to do is we want you to get out of the stands. We want you to suit up and get in the game. We want you to become a player, not in the dating sense of the word, okay, in the church sense of the word. Because God's plan from day one is to be a place where people came out of the stands and got into the game. By the way, you remember when you were a kid and life was so simple and you'd watch the Olympics? Isn't that what you wanted? You wanted to get in the games. How many of you watched the Olympics and you got so inspired and so motivated? William, I know you did. You know, you thought, I'm going to be there in four years. I'm not satisfied just being a spectator and a fan. I'm, and you just go outside and you'll find an event and you think you're going to train. You're going to get in the, remember, remember those days when life was so simple? You wanted to be out there. You wanted to be on the team. And, you know, I've kind of grown up with a sports background. Anybody that's been on a team knows that once you're on a team, you don't want to just sit on the bench. You want to be in the game. You want to be on the field. You want to be bloody. You want to be sweaty. You know, you want to have grass stain on you. You want to know that you left it all on the field and you made a difference because you were out to win that medal. You were out to win the gold. You were out to be the difference. What is that? How does that relate to the church? How do you get into the game? Let me give you a few suggestions. One would be start moving. And what I mean by that is wherever you are, as it relates to Hope Community Church, would you consider taking the next step? For example, for some of you, maybe that would mean become, uh, becoming a ministry partner. And we don't really talk about membership around here anymore. There is no such thing as church membership in the Bible. It's kind of something that was created. So we talk more about partnership. Let me show you the difference between membership and partnership. Membership is passive. You know, you pay your dues to the country club. You take from it what you want. But partnership is active. You're involved, you're engaged. Membership has its privileges. We hear that all the time. Partnership has responsibility. Big difference. Membership is self-focused. 
You know, memberships when, man, you're at the locker at the country club and you say, oh, Scotty, I, I, I do believe that our towels are not as soft as they used to be, right? You know, like we got, but see, partnership says, man, these towels are rough. I'm taking them home and getting some fabric softener and fixing these things. There's an involvement there. Here's the difference. Membership, what do I get out of this? If I join, what do I get? Partnership, what do I get to give? How do I get to make a difference? So we're not all that interested in membership, but we're really interested in you becoming a ministry partner. And you learn what it means to be a ministry partner in a class that we call Discovery. Discovery. The next one is September 22nd. Saturday morning, 9 to 11, I get to spend some time with you. We're going to talk about what our church is about, what we believe, how we're organized, how we handle our finances, how you get into leadership, what are our expectations of you, and what can you expect of us. We're going to talk about our vision, our strategy. How are we actually going about reaching the triangle, changing the world? Who are we partnering with? What can you do to be involved? We cover it all. We have an extensive time of question and answers. And then afterwards, you have the option. You can decide, now that you know all the information, whether or not you want to be a ministry partner here at Hope Community Church. And it's very easy to take the next step. You can go home, get on your computer, sign up online be here on September the 22nd, you'll get a reminder. That would be a big step for many of you, but just get moving. Just take a next step. Sometimes it could be as simple as when Carl says, hey, we got people still coming in, and I know we got some extra seats in here this weekend because all of our rich friends are still on vacation for another week or two, but they're all going to come back, and their lives going to be a mess because they haven't been to church all summer. You know, So, so they're going to need to be in here. And we're going to need to move over and pack them in so we can get them in here. So it could be as simple as that. It could be something as simple as finally, some of you have been here for years and we still cannot get you to park off site. Now, why is that important? Because the person who comes here for the first time, they don't realize coming to hope is like coming to Six Flags over Jesus. They don't, they don't get that. They don't get, oh, there's a shuttle, there's offsite parking. There. And so they pull in the parking lot and we say we're full and they turn around and they go home never to come back again. But when we park off site, there's parking for them. And they get in and they learn the ropes. And I would just say, if you've been here more than four of the six weeks, and, and you just need to be parking off site. And let's free those spots up for people who need, maybe that single mom with several kids where it's just too much trouble to get them all on the shuttle, right? Or maybe that visitor who's coming for the first time. It could be as simple as just doing that, right? Here's another one. I mean, look around. We haven't even hit. We're just going to blow this place out in a few weeks. We need some of you to move to Saturday night service. 4, 15, 6 o'clock, identical service, identical music, identical children's ministry. We're starting our middle school ministry at the 415 service, so it will be at 415 and 6. We need some of you to move off of prime time. Prime time is 930 and 1115. If people are going to visit for the first time, this is probably when they're going to come to church. But if we don't have room for them and there's no room for their kids in Kid City, good, good chance they're not going to come back again. So wherever you are, think about taking the next step. Remember, we're not a country club where membership has its privileges. Well, I'm a member. I get to park on site. No, I park off site. I mean, that doesn't come with privileges. Let me just say this. If, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and you, maybe you've even been a Christian for a while, and you're just looking for a place to be a spectator, you're just looking for a church where you can be fed. I just need to be fed, you know, or you just want to be entertained. We are not the right church for you. If you're already a follower of Jesus Christ and you're looking for a good church that's got a pretty auditorium so one day you can have your wedding there, or maybe when you die we'll give you a decent burial, I'm telling you, we are not the right church for you. Listen, read my lips. We are on a mission to change the world. And if that floats your boat, cool, we're so glad you're here. But if you know better as a follower of Jesus Christ, 
but you don't want to be involved, you don't want to engage, you don't want to get out of the stands, you just want to be a spectator, I'm going to tell you what's going on. You're just taking up a seat and a parking spot for someone else who could be here because they want to make a difference to impact the world. And other churches would love to have you just sitting there. But if you're going to be here, you're going to leave eventually anyway because you're going to get sick of me encouraging you to get involved. So we need you. We need you to start moving. Aren't you, gonna, aren't you glad I'm back? I know you miss me. Okay, here's the second one. We need you to start serving. A couple of ways. One of our goals, serve where you're gifted. But sometimes we're going to ask you to serve where you're needed. Jesus, great example of this. You know, Jesus, boy, was he gifted, you think? I mean, he could, he, could, he could multiply bread and fish. He could turn water into wine. He could heal people. Incredible teacher, right? Served where he was gifted. But there was one time he walked into a room with 12 men who had really, really dirty feet. And he says, it doesn't really fit into where I'm gifted, but somebody needs to wash these feet. And he took off his outer garment, and he put on an apron, he found a basin of water, he got on his knees, and he served where he was needed. Now, we're not asking for 40 hours a week. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought to be able to give two or three hours a week. And if you can't give two or three hours a week to serve God's kingdom, something's wrong with your priorities. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being your friend. Something's wrong with your priorities. Something's out of whack in your life. And I know what the deal is. We always think somebody else will do it. Look to the person on the right. Look to the person on your right. Look at the person on your left. They probably aren't going to do it. Okay? That means you, you may have to step up and do it. Do you know we have 2,000 volunteers who serve around here regularly? Do you know it takes 1,000 people just to open the doors to Kid City on our three campuses every week? And right now, we're incredibly short with workers in Kid City, especially small group leaders who just sit down on the floor with a group of kids and say, okay, this was our Bible lesson today. You don't even have to teach it. Let's talk about what it means in your life as a third grader, right? And build a relationship with these kids. It's so cool we get men because so many kids are from single mom homes, and it's a chance for you to have that influence. And, and we need those volunteers. And, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I had some ideas. They don't take my ideas around here. But I thought, well, here's one. If you're a parent and your kids are on Kid City, you are required to serve. I thought that would take care of it. And if you don't serve, we charge you to put your kids in Kid City, like 30 bucks a kid. That way we can hire more staff. to do. And I know what some of you are thinking. I'm with them all week. Well, if you don't want to be around them, what makes you think some volunteer does? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you raised them. You deal with them. Was that my outside voice? Okay. Uh, or we put them on a waiting list. All right, sir, your, your, your parents are lazy and do not serve. You stand here. And if we have enough volunteers show up and as there's room, then we make you make the walk of shame into later on. Like, yeah, my parents are losers, man. And, you know. Now, they, don't, they won't implement any of that stuff. That's why they pretty much keep me locked up in my office during the week. But the reality is we're going to ask you to step up and be involved. But here's the cool thing. When you serve, you make a difference in people's lives, even the simplest things. I met the coolest single lady who drives all the way from Pinehurst. It's an hour. She'd heard about Hope Community Church. She was up in this area. She thought, I want to go to church. Problem is she had her dog in the car. And she's like, I can't run home. What do I do? So she gets here. She thinks, I'll crack the windows, leave the dog in the car. But as she pulls in, the, the, the clouds are gathering. It looks like it's going to rain. So she pulls in. The guy's working in the parking lot. She says, I don't know what to do. I was going to leave the windows down, but it looks like it's going to rain. What do I do? And he says, he says if, you don't know me, but if you'll trust me. Give me the keys to your car, and if it starts raining, I'll go and roll the windows up, and I'll take the dog into the atrium, and I'll take care of the dog you get out of church. 
And sure enough, during church, you could hear the thunder, the rain. She walked out, and there's a dog. You know, and three, three guys sitting there taking care of the dog. The dog has not left yet. It's been six weeks. We can't get the dog out of church. The dog. <laughs> but this is what she told me. She said, we like your teaching. We like the music. But you know what impressed us? The heart of the people who serve here. You make a difference. Now, we're going to give you an opportunity to learn more about it. Next Sunday afternoon from 3 to 6, we're calling, uh, we're calling it Serve 2012. We're inviting everybody to be here. If you serve, if you've never served, will you at least come and be open to the possibility? We're going to have great times of challenge. We're going to have breakout sessions. Cool things are going to be going on. We're going to roll out a new vision for serving around here. We're so serious about this that if you have children as a parent or a single parent, we want you to be here. We're going to reimburse you for your child care. All you have to do is go online, fill out the little thing, tell us how much you're going to have to pay for child care, and we're going to write you a check back from Hope Community Church. We're that serious about the importance of serving. It's next Sunday afternoon from 3 to 6. Could you carve out a little bit of time? Football season hasn't even started yet, so you can do this. And I'm not asking you to do something we don't do. I mean, I serve around here all week. I doubt any of you are any busier than I am. But I had to find a place to serve outside of my job, and now I'm going to be a security guy guard and, and crowd control for our Wednesday night middle school hazardous, which, you know, 600 middle schoolers in this auditorium, you know, and I get to beat them up and, and rough them up a little bit. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. So um, we're asking you to do that. We're asking you to evolve. And then third, start giving. And again, I'll show you the simple plan God came up with. Every time God gives you 10 of these, you give him one of these. Okay, let's do that again because some of you went to Carolina. Let's do this one more time. <laughs> You don't even have to take your shoes off of this, okay? God gives you 10 of these, you give him one of these, okay? And you say, well, I like Young Life. Well, give him one of those too. How about Campus Crusade? Give him one of those too, you know? Well, I got an uncle who's a missionary in Africa. Give him one of those. And then you pay your bills, and then you save a little bit, and then if you got anything left over, you buy yourself a little something, something. That's the way God established it. Now, here's the problem. A lot of people think, well, I can't do that. I can't give 10% of my income away. I couldn't even afford that. And uh, we've discovered that a lot of people think, well, if I can't give 10%, I'm not going to give anything. So Derek, who is our, our stewardship director, he came to me and he says, Mike, I got a great idea. He says, let's get people to be one percenters. This is a different one percenters, okay? The one percent says, whatever you're giving, give one percent more. For example, if you're not giving anything to Hope Community Church, would you start immediately giving one percent of your income? Just one percent. Or maybe you're giving 3%. Would you increase it to 4%? A lot of us give more than 10%. We, we more than tithe. Maybe you're giving 12. I would say for you, increase it to 13%. And Derek ran the math based on the number of families, the average annual income of this area. We would bring in anywhere from two and a half to three and a half million dollars additional that we could be investing in the kingdom if we just increased our giving 1%. So I'm gonna up mine, up yours, okay? And uh, that... <laughs> forgot who I was talking to around here. You got to be really careful with this crowd. You say, Mike, uh, how is this relevant to reaching the triangle change in the world? I'll tell you how. There's a family out there in our community right now. They think church is for losers. They're not interested in going to church at all. In fact, the only thing they like about church is it, it keeps all of us off the golf course on Sunday. For that reason, you know, they're big fans of church. But this is what's going to happen. Some family in our church is going to meet that family. Maybe hanging out at the community pool, maybe at a soccer game. Maybe it's going to be somebody you work with. And you're going to have an incredibly relevant church to invite them to where they're going to be served up the bread of life week in and week out. And you're going to invite them and they're going to say, no, 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 no. But something's going to happen in their life. It happens in all of our lives eventually. 
And all of a sudden, they're going to say yes. And they're going to come here, and they're going to connect with Jesus Christ and what he can do in their lives. And because of what we do every week, we have the opportunity to be the instrument that God will use to change their life. It will change how they do marriage. It will change how they handle their finances. It will change how they raise their kid. It will impact the next generation. There's a businessman or a businesswoman right out there in the community right now. They are so proud of what they've done. Their whole identity has been wrapped up in their business success, right? But they still feel empty. And they're going to meet some business person in our church who's involved in marketplace matters. Someone who realizes that, worship, that, that, that your work can actually be part of your worship in your life. And they're going to meet this person. They're going to find out, wow, you know, they've been incredibly successful too. But they seem to be more on purpose in life. And they seem to be more fulfilled. And they seem to have more contentment about what, what's going on in their life. And maybe they're going to come to Hope Community Church. And they're going to find out how Jesus Christ can change their lives. And all of a sudden, they're going to discover how their, how their work can become their worship. Right? Right now, there's a single lady out there. She's, she's, really, she's tried everything to feel better about herself, and she's going to come to Hope, and she's going to meet some incredible, cool singles who do life a little differently. And she's going to meet them, and they're going to love on her. And her life is going to be changed because, because somebody cared. You say, well, Mike, how do you know this? Because these are the stories we hear every week. Every week, I got this email. Pastor Mike wanted to take a few minutes to express my thanks for the church. I came in January, became a new Christian. I have seen a significant difference in my spiritual journey and closeness to God. My thoughts of what church should and would be like is completely different than reality. My eyes have been opened to all the newness of fellowship as well as the wonders that God provides. Hope has offered many Bible studies that improve my knowledge and has strengthened my desire to learn more. In February, I joined First Impressions. That's our ministry for visitors. And, and I was chosen to participate in a leadership class. I would have never seen that coming a year ago. My love and desire to be an active part of God's purpose in my life must show outwardly. I've also been attending the singles uh, group Bible studies and really feel like I found a home. She goes on to say, it is refreshing to know that the non-married population in the congregation has been given so much attention at Hope. That doesn't always happen at other churches, I've heard. Your support in the singles program shows us that we are important, that our future and spiritual development is as important as well. Thank you for what you do. I'm getting baptized. It's another milestone in my spiritual journey. I've asked the person who brought me to the gospel, or brought the gospel to me, to baptize me. He is a UNC fan, and I'm a Virginia Tech Hokie fan, so hopefully the baptismal will not burst into flames. And it did. It did. But you got to love them where they are, right? Now, having said all that, we can, we can be clever. We can be creative. We can do all kinds of things. But if God doesn't show up, it doesn't mean anything. This is what Jesus said. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. You set the stage. Let me do the heavy lifting. And basically what we try to do here is, is deliver the bread of life, lift Jesus up, and then praise him for what he's going to do. Because what's all said and done at the end of the day, understand, he gets all the glory. So I, I heard this song during my break, and I said, Carl, I want to close with this song. And it just says, God is able. God is able. Even when we can't, God is able. So I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And I want you to sing this, and I want you to worship from your heart. 
and I want you to think about the words that we are not in this alone, that what God has called us to do, it's a mission that is possible and that we're in this together. And we're going to walk out of here, people. And I believe with all my heart, we are going to make a difference in the triangle and it's going to change the world. So let's sing this together.